He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 24 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Bobby Donnelly and I'm joined by Barry O'Hanlon. Hey Barry. Hey guys. Uh, joined by Alan, hey, Alan Donnelly. Hey Dan. Hey guys. How's it going? Uh, this week, welcome to officially US Open Week. I'm very excited, I must say. Yeah, little woohoo. Yeah. Should be a good one to look forward to. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, did you guys play any golf over the over the weekend? I, I actually didn't play anything. Didn't play any golf, but I'm going to get back into it now this weekend. You must be suffering massive withdrawal symptoms, just serious, rocking back and forth on your serious, chair. Serious withdrawal. I'm going to go to the range tonight. I'm actually playing tomorrow. I'm going to play at the weekend. So I'm looking nice, forward to it. Nice. Do you guys get much in? I had a slightly easier weekend this weekend than the last um, Saturday competition. Is not worth mentioning. Had a win in a foursomes match play on Friday evening, so we're through to the next round, which is nice. First time I've ever won a foursomes match. So that was good fun. Are you allowed into the next round of the foursomes if you get disqualified in the club competition on a Saturday? On the subsequent day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look that up or bring it up with a committee and put myself at their mercy. I uh, I forgot to sign my card on the Saturday. Um, no excuses, just a total lapse of concentration. And uh, Well, it wasn't a winning score, so it didn't really bother me too much. And I was getting my point one back anyway, so uh, no, no, mass, no massive fail. Oh, you had a tough weekend, did you? Oh yeah, another my trials and tribulations on the golf course continue yet again. Still another point one back. Yeah, I start, I'm starting to feel like Nick, Nick Dowers, you know. Might impressive. get a job in the studio soon. Though. I think I might. Yeah, yeah. I was actually doing a bit of U.S. Open research, and Nick Doherty finished sixth in the 2007 U.S. Open and led after round one. Did he? Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Still does really well in the shop centre, though. Yeah, he's still, he's still got it in the shop centre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, listen, guys, the main feature this week we're going to talk about is we're going to have a look ahead to the US Open and really from a betting point of view. Uh, we always mention we're not a betting show or anything like that, but we all love to have a bit of a bet on the golf. And the four major weeks are probably the highlight, along with the Ryder Cup, from a betting point of view. So that's something we're looking forward to. Um, before we do that, we're going to get on with our rules-related question. So the question this week, let me just get it here. I can't believe the dog wasn't, uh, the dog carrying the ball last week wasn't. Uh, yeah. Why is the dog not penalising any shots? wasn't legit. In <laughs> um, my, my absence, when I answered and I wasn't here, I was convinced it was okay. I thought it was good too. The moving ball is a nice little sneaky part of the rules. This is, oh yeah, okay. What was it? The ball must be replaced if he picks it up. Yes, because yeah. the ball was in motion. And you both got that wrong. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're consistent, if anything. Okay. This, this week's question. In stroke play, a competitor's ball lies on the pulling green. Before playing his next stroke, he taps down spike marks in the vicinity of the hole. What is the ruling? Question mark. A. The competitor incurs a penalty of two strokes. B. The competitor incurs a penalty of two strokes if the act assists with his subsequent play of the hole. Or C. There is no penalty. Barry to go first, isn't it? It is. Barry's As the leader. Yeah. 12 11 to Default Barry. leader. <laughs> sorry. I didn't mention Not that. Not by any skill at all. Yeah. I didn't mention that at the start. You're actually leading 12 11. Sorry. Yeah. I should have given you the credit. I am going to go with a two strokes. 
competitor incurs a penalty of two strokes. Okay, I'm unfortunately I'm going to go the same answer. I think that's it. I yeah, I don't like the I don't like the word vicinity. It kind of scares me a bit. Yeah, I can't see it being no penalty either. Yeah, you, well, I'm I'm going to break with procedure seems we've lots to talk with. I'm going to tell you that you're both correct. Ooh, Ooh nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah, a little high five. Yeah, yeah good job. So well, well done. So I, I usually give the answer at the end, but I still explain it. So that's right. Competitor, if it's in anywhere in the vicinity of the hole, competitor incurs a penalty two strokes. I presume that's because it means you could pull the foot, you could push it, you could run it four feet past, you could obviously yeah. it's underlying. So can you you say there's a spike mark? Behind you on the green, no, and nowhere near your putter. Would you be able to do that before you put it? Do you guys know, or, or is it, you're yeah. just safer to put out and then tap down any spike marks you see on the green? Yeah. You're definitely safest to yeah. put out, but if it's behind you and it's not in, it's not in your line of play, it's, there's no, there's no impact. I think that's what you always see the pros doing. They always just do it after. They Sergio, do, yeah. I always know that Sergio always does it. He's like he holes out and then he goes on a little run around the green knocking down spike marks <laughs> everywhere yeah, I was talking to one of the guys in our golf shop who plays off one like kind of has a good few connections with people on the tour and he says there's about 80% of the pros wear spikes in their shoes the ones that wear like regular shoes and metal, spikes. metal spikes metal spikes yeah so we just we just don't see it now, not obviously not the ones who are wearing these kind of new uh, sporty kind of shoes with just the moulded studs in them you know like Justin Rose kind of wears in Westwood he said the ones that wear spikes they all wear the metal spikes say they drag their feet across the green as they walk off it as well after they finish the hole yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you think well, I mean Jimenez used his spikes really well the other day when he did his kind of hip dance yeah. in, uh, in Austria after he held out that, that shot for an eagle <laughs> That was cool. That was quality. The guy just keeps getting better and better. Um, well, that nicely segues into our just review of last weekend. Last weekend we had the Leoness Open, and it's is it Mikael Lundberg? I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Mikael yeah. Lundberg beat uh, Bernd Wiesberger in a playoff, uh, much to the locals' uh, disappointment because it's the old Austrian Open, so it was on in Austria, and. I was explaining to you guys off air that um, there was a playoff between the two and, and Lundberg said, he mentioned, actually I think it was on European Tour Radio, he mentioned that he kind of knew that the crowd were slightly partisan, understandably so, when he hit a shot to about 40, 45 feet and there was no real uh, no real response from the crowd. And uh, then Wiesberger hit it to about 15 feet and he was he was kind of, he was saying that then when Wiesberger shot, landed kind of into about 15 feet, Crowd were all going bananas, <laughs> celebrating because it's a great shot. But uh, Lundberg rolled in the 45-footer. Uh, it was a pretty good putt, wasn't it? It was a ridiculous putt. The commentators were saying he'd do well to two putters because it had all sorts of things going on there. Now, the only thing is he did have that putt, exact putt, on the, on the 72nd hole. And he said he tried the line and he just tailed off to the left. So he said he'll try it a bit first or right. Then he'd be disappointed if he missed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so 45 yeah. foot, like a he, one percenter. <laughs> yeah, he kind of said, well, listen, I'll just try it a bit further right and catch the hill. And he, so he got it. So he said he, he wasn't, obviously he was surprised to get it, yeah. but he said he kind of felt he had a, a small chance. Well, I'm surprised he got out of there alive. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> what, what a hammer blow, like that's just oh. gut-wrenching. Yeah. Although I couldn't believe how bad. The yeah. I watched um, the first day, I watched Beast Burgers play on day one. And I watched this putting, and it was so poor. I couldn't believe it. And they actually flashed up an infographic on just on where he's at. And so, for example, they flash up Loughton, and they show greens in regulation, the top five, the top ten. They say he's 24th. They flashed up Putzberg greens in regulation, according to the official European Tour. And he's 189th in putts per greens in regulation out of 194, and 181st out of 194 for putts per round. Which for So he's atrocious. Yeah. From, from a putting point, you know, that's up to the Valve of China Open, so I, I, I don't know. A big fat grip. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but then again, so I think uh, Lundberg had one, and I think Lowton might have one as well. Mm. Well, actually, most of them do, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of guys. That's, that's that atrocious stuff, though. For a guy who's that good as well. Yeah, I think he's just he's just so good, Teach Green, and then there's the bit. This is the Jay, he's the Jason Duffner of the European Tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he is qualified. He has qualified for the. Um, the US Open, he'll be teeing it up this week. Yeah, he backdoored it, didn't he? Uh, just snuck into inside mm-hmm. the top 60 in the world rankings. Before we move on to the FedEx St. Jude, one thing I was going to mention, there was a guy who finished ninth, Siwan Kim, and he actually plays out of Bay Hill. Uh, he's originally from Korea, but he mentioned that he's good friends with Peter Uline, and that he talked to Peter's dad, who's obviously the boss, uh, CEO of a Kushnet, which is the, the, the parent company for a Titleist. And he recommended that he should go to the Challenge Tour make his way through the Challenge Tour. He finished ninth at the end of the season on the Challenge Tour last year and earned his European Tour card. So he's another one of the guys like Brooks Kupke and Peter Uline's coming through on that on that way and he finished ninth at the weekend. So. A very successful path these guys are making, yeah. aren't they? And yeah. Learning a lot about their game, particularly on the different courses in the European Tour. You know, you play different styles of golf there versus just the, mm. the hit it high and just fly it into the pins yeah. in the US. And C1 actually said that, that while he was saying that when you start out in Europe, your game goes the right way and he thinks it's true, he said it also gives you a real boost in terms of, of the official world golf ranking. So the guys do actually genuinely see, well, hold on, if you want to get into majors, want to get into WGCs, that the Challenge Tour and European Tour is a very good way to go. It's kind of a sneaky way of saying you're playing against lower quality fields in Europe and that you have a better chance of succeeding there. Like I mean, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of true, yeah, yeah. speaking yeah. of true, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like if you, I think it's the British Open or something, or USPGA's top 100 in the world, you know, so it's much easier doing that through Europe than it is through the States. For sure, it's the way, it's the same way we used to see a lot of the Asian guys, remember, they'd always kind of get into a lot of the majors, but mm. sure, then you wouldn't see them. Like you, yeah. yeah, they'd be 94th in the rankings and you wouldn't have heard of them before. Exactly, playing, yeah, yeah. And they'd do nothing. Because mm-hmm. just the tours are just a bit weaker that they're playing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. The FedEx St. Jude, Ben Crane won it. And I was surprised to see that. I actually didn't watch much of this now with all the weather delays. But I was surprised to see that it finished before, well before midnight. I thought with Ben Crane leading in the final group, it would have been overnight. <laughs> and he was spraying it everywhere as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, he kind of he won the event. Because um, Ben Crane wouldn't be the quickest golfer uh, around anyway. No. He uh, did have a reputation for it being a bit sluggish. And in fairness to him, though, he actually takes the mickey out of himself because he always, doesn't he have loads of videos up on YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Taking, he's a, taking the mick about him being so slow. He's very funny. If anyone hasn't seen Ben Crane's videos online, yeah, he's, uh, yeah he's he's got a good sense of humor. And he did uh, the Golf Boys song, yeah, with, with the guys, Ricky yeah. Fowler, Bubba Watson, and yeah. Mayhan yeah. was it? Yeah, Mayhan, yeah, Mayhan, the, the least charismatic golfer on tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Ben, he did well. Like he hung on. He, he actually, I, the guys, were, the commentators were saying he didn't look at the leaderboard once throughout the final round. Well, I guess his um, his caddy knew, obviously knew where he was, and he hit what I thought was a pretty crazy shot, hitting a hybrid out of the rough on the 18th oh, with the water left of the green, the balls above his feet, and you know, a disaster could happen. He needed a bogey to to win, and but anyway, he got it into the greenside bunker, and you know, played out a nice shot to 15 foot, you know. Hole and gets down two putts for the win, but I thought it was a crazy shot to take on the hybrid. A hybrid's easier, I think, to hit out of a rough than an iron, though, because the hustle turns a lot easier on a on a on an no. iron than it does a hybrid. He only had to get that slight bit wrong, though. I thought you know it would have been easier to play a short iron and lay up to like a wedge distance. But I mean, look, mm. you got you do whatever if you feel most yeah. comfortable, whatever way you see it. 
So you don't have any hybrids, Barry, so you I don't know. know. That's, I, would hit, that's, I would hit three iron <laughs> out of that lie and no bother. Yeah. That's the thing is, yeah, that's, that sounds like a non-hybrid player talking yeah. there. Hybrids are very easy just to yeah, straight they are easy. And I'd say he just wanted to get it up anywhere around the green. Yeah. That was his, that was what he wanted to do. And, uh, and then just chip it up to 15 feet. Yeah, Kutcher used a hybrid uh, earlier on in the season, dumped it in the water, left to the green, lost the tournament. Yeah. That was from the fairway. Yeah. yeah. Just, saying. Just, just saying. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was nice to see Ben Crane win. But he, was, uh, he actually may have had to have given up the game due to injuries. Uh, until recently, got them all sorted out. So, mm-hmm. very promising for a few of our top two hundreds. Oh yes, that's right. You mentioned that. Better is as well. It's rocked. It's rocked the table a bit. That's the first top two hundred winner, is it? I think it could be. Yeah, because yeah. we have Russell. Like we've had Russell Knox and Kevin Na both having a second, but I think yeah. that's the first winner. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Camille. I thought because oh, when I was running the table, I actually thought there was something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I saw these people moving one hundred and seventy spots, and I was like, what? Big biggest My moving league ever then. My sheet is broken. <laughs> um, cool. We'll come to that in one second. So we had our little fiver between the, the four of us. Uh, James, uh, who really should be here, seeing as he's the most successful from a betting point of view anyway, was Climber, 80-1 winner earlier on the year. He had, although this is a bit of a low-quality affair, he had Guthrie, who finished 43rd, Barry Hewitt, Jacobson, who finished 6th, and yourself and myself had missed cuts with 60th, 60th. 60th. I'd love to take the win there. Yeah, 60th. 60th, sorry. So James won. James won, yeah, with Guthrie, so. So it's 2-1 now. Or 2-1-1. 2-1-1. And I'm sitting on zero. Zero. There's a a surprise. (laughs) And you're not even first pick this week because I... uh, I You're backdoored into the first pick. Yeah, Bob Bob created a rule to give himself first pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've slightly changed it anyway, yeah. Um, Cool, very good. Well, on to the top 200 then, Alan. You mentioned about Ben Crane's. You might give us a bit more detail about that I certainly will yeah um, just a quick bit of background obviously the top 200 is a competition where we pick one player from the European tour and one from the US tour and uh, they need to be outside the top 200 in the world rankings um, if anyone wants to enter send your two players to our Twitter handle which is at podcast GTS and just put hashtag top 200 and include your two players we'll keep an op- uh, entries open until the British Open um, first prize is a four ball voucher in Carton House which will be which will wrap up around the Dubai, is it the DP World Championship? Yeah. Mm. Um, and anyway, on to this week, obviously, as we've already touched on, there was a few massive movers with Ben Crane. Um, so a quick shout out to Brian Mulvihill, Shane McKiernan and James English, who all, Adam, and all moved over 160 spots. Oh. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to challenge the top three positions because Crane had been in free fall for the first few months of the year, but... They've moved up very close to the lead now, but the top three still remains unchanged. So it's Stephen O'Connor with 254, Kev Coughlin with 266, and I am sitting in third with 277. But the, but I know the guys who have been Crane are just outside the 300-point mark, so mm, they're hovering closely. But we'll put the leaderboard up, um, and we'll post it up later on this evening on the Twitter handle. And we've had a few people who actually tweeted in saying they've forgotten who their players are. So if anyone wants to know who their players are, send us a tweet and we will uh, we will reply to you with who your two players are. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea actually because then we, we'll send them out. I wonder, yeah. can we print the full ones on Twitter and something like that? No, the yeah, we probably list. can. We can put, we'll put a, a Google document up that people can view yeah. everyone's players. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah cool. so we'll work on that and get it up there. Okay, excellent. Thanks a million for that, Han. Good update. Um, and actually, I suppose anyone that wants to enter can send us a tweet at podcast GTS uh, top two hundred hashtag is hashtag top two hundred. So include that in your tweet, um, or if you just use old school email, a good talk at gmail dot com. Right, 
on to the main thing. We're going to have a look at who is going to win the US Open this week. Before we have a look at who we're all having a little bet on, Barry, you might give us a little bit of a rundown of the course itself, because there's been a bit of redevelopment since um, Michael Campbell won in 2005. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, Payne Stewart won in 1999. He did. Yeah, yeah. I'm, this is the course I'm looking forward to the most, the whole season long, because of all the changes they've made. I think it's fantastic. So... So it's, it's been redeveloped a couple of years ago by uh, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw, who we all know he plays on the, the Seniors Tour. And they kind of go for a minimalist design. And when, when they got tasked with doing this, they went and did a lot of research into the, the history of it. And they, they found a photo of Donald Ross, who was the course designer, standing in one of the sandy areas. So those sandy areas that we're going to see this week were originally part of the design when it mm. opened back in 1910. They also went and looked in the local archives in Pinehurst Village for photos. Um, they went to the photographs and memorabilia of the Tufts family who used to own the course. And finally, I thought this was really cool, they went and studied military plane photographs from 1943 that took shots down on the course. So they cool. got to see right. the exact architecture of it, what way the fairways were angled when these you know, original sandy areas were there. And, um, so th- I thought that was really interesting, and, you know, how much detail they put into the mm. research and they really wanted to get right back to the, the roots of it so what so all this ended up um in a quite a big number of changes there is no rough in the golf course um which is a massive jump for the usga mm. because usually they have four inches of cabbage just to the side of the fairways some so of the pictures are crazy all right just to see no rougher off the fairways it's, it's mad did you actually i don't know if you saw a gmax video he did today and he, they showed him on 18, he'd missed the green, so he's standing on the green, he walks over off the green onto this really tight fairway, and then he comes where obviously the rough should be, and it's just all sand, right? And the ball is sitting right underneath the bush, like, so it's pin side of the bush. It's like, oh my God, what am I going to do here, right? And he actually picks the bush up. It wasn't actually attached to the ground. <laughs> no, <laughs> he actually picks the bush up and goes, oh, that's handy. Because that's probably the biggest loose impediment I've had. And moves it away. You should definitely look at his profile. That's, we'll, we'll find yeah. that and tweet that one yeah, later. That's yeah, a good one. yeah, it was really yeah. funny. So he's gone, oh, this is big. He goes, oh, hey, he said, hashtag fake rough. <laughs> I, d- I doubt you can get that lucky all week long. No, exactly. But anyway, so, so what they have done, they've removed 35 acres or 40% of turf, from, you know, of the golf course's turf. It's just gone. And, and it's been kind of left back to the deserts or the sand areas to, re, to reclaim it. They've removed 650 irrigation heads, which are the watering of the course. So what they want to do is kind of let the course be the colour of Mother Nature designs, you know, with you know whatever rain comes down. And they keep the, the centre of the fairways and the greens, the greenest part where all the water is, and let, let it get progressively browner as it heads towards the sand. And the uh, t- over 200,000 wiregrass plants which they've planted, which one of which GMAC picked up today. Mm. Um, they've added 13 new tees. Of course, you know, wouldn't be a course redesign these days without them lengthening it. So it's now playing at over 7,500 yards yeah. for a par 70. Yeah, so I think they've added 300 yards. Have they since Over 350 or 360 yards or something like that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty intense. Um, but they widened all the fairways as well, obviously, because they've obviously taken the rough out as well. And that was the other thing. The fairways yes. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you, on it's, it's not really going to play like a US Open as much as probably it would normally like maybe, um, what was the one, where was the one, Webb Simpson, San, and the one in San Francisco? Um, oh... 
Oak Hill. The Olympic Club, was it? The oh, Olympic yeah, Club, yeah. Olympic yeah, Club, like yeah. that was a really typical US Open. Mm. I don't think this is going to be as much as... This is probably going to be the closest to a British Open in as a US Open that you'll ever see. Or mm. also, you know... Yeah. But I don't think it won't be a traditional US Open format. No, like I, the impression I get now, the only thing is that I was reading the guys in the USGA were saying that if if the rain comes, which is obviously due with all the thunderstorms, that, that they probably see minus 12, 13, 14 winning. But they said if there's no rain, they said they could get they can get the winning score out to plus four, plus five, mm. which I was surprised mm. with because usually it's the rough that just kills them on the yeah. on the scoring. Because really, if, if if you go off the fairway and you're in the wasteland like these guys have no problem hitting out of wasteland so the only danger is that you go off and you go into one of those tufts of grass and mm. it looks like it's unplayable it's just you're hacking at it or probably taking a bounty shot so you're unlucky to go in them so I think like if they go into the the sand you'd expect them to recover pretty easily the really difficult thing about this golf course is it has elevated turtleback greens so yeah. it has runoffs from the middle mm. of the green they're yeah. kind of domed so um, and with with the short grass around the the greens, the players are using either you know things from putters to wedges to you know a three or four iron to a hybrid or three wood, all sorts of combinations. They're, they're really having they have three or four different decisions on types of shots they can play to get their ball up on the green. So it is it's but by no means straightforward. You're not just gouging out a wedge if you miss the green yeah. like in previous U.S. Opens. I saw some of the pros though saying it's fifty fifty if you go into that wasteland. It's fifty fifty where you can get out. Like, is that it? Is yeah, it's fifty fifty that. You might be able to get your six iron and knock it onto the green, or fifty-fifty chance that you're stuck in a bush and you have to chip it sideways. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like the bush, yeah. the bush thing is probably it's probably more unplayable. I'd say because yeah. they're so thick. Yeah. But like out of the wasteland, you'd you fancy those guys will get good control. And around yeah. the greens, even if it's tight lies, like they'll still be able to control the ball. They'll have better control off a tight lie than they would if they're stuck in, in a bush well no if yeah. they're stuck in traditional six inch rough around the green where they're kind of hacking at it and you can't yeah. control your pitch true yeah. like, I, I'd be surprised if it, I'd, I'd be surprised if Underpar doesn't doesn't win it with all that in mind what are you looking at from a from what kind of player what are you looking for in your players when you're having your bets well I suppose from all the kind of feedback and all the research that it looks like it's and with the with the lengthening of the course and especially if the rain's going to come it looks like it's going to be a bomber's course. You know, it looks like mm. driving uh, driving distance. I saw McElroy saying that you're basically encouraged to get driver out on every hole. Is it definitely going to be wet? You reckon? Well, the forecast is pretty horrendous, isn't it? But yeah. the forecast is for thunderstorms. The thunderstorms would suggest rain. Now I know, kind of, mm. we we I suppose spoke with this off air that the drainage is very very good mm. on the course apparently, but that's still not going to get us rock hard and and running. But it's, it'll it'll, it'll it's the look of the draw. I mean, they could have a they could have a crazy thunderstorm that could dump a couple of inches of rain on the course, or it could miss it by five miles on the courses left untouched and rock hard. So yeah. it's it's gonna like, but from, from a betting point of view, this now becomes even more you know even trickier. But I but I think I suppose if McIlroy's coming out coming out and saying that like you they're looking for you to take driver out all the time, that's yeah. given the bombers a huge advantage because if you're hitting driver out of hole, they're automatically forty yards out of. The rest mm-hmm. of the field, and GMAC came out and said that's his big worry that it's going to turn into a. You'd be interested to know that McElroy's put a three iron in the bag this week. Instead of what? Um, he's taken out. He's swapped out from a four wedge set to three wedges, and he's put a three iron in. So he's got his pitching wedge fifty four and a fifty nine degree wedge. He's changed his fifty nine to a different type than used around Wentworth. Um, because there is no rough here, so you know they, they, he's really put. Obviously, they all put thought into their club selections. He said he's going to use three iron in quite a few of the tees. So, 
I guess now if it gets really soft, then he might change things up again. But he said he's not going to be hitting that many wedges because the course is so long and um, they're hitting a you know long long iron or mid iron approach but outside I, I, of the greens. But I think with the wide fairways as well, it's going to encourage. Like mm. you, I, I'd be surprised if McElroy and Bubba and these guys aren't hitting driver as, as much as they a can. A lot, yeah. I mean, they do not. The fairways do narrow in. Some of them are fifty yards wide in places, but they do narrow in to thirty yards, and then you know. You, a driver just yeah, runs 30. off the fairway, and you're to, you're now bringing in those crazy bushes into play. But thirty yards for them is still quite good. Like I think, it is. I think the traditional US Open is something like fifteen or twenty yards. The yeah, fairways yeah. are. So like that's a huge difference for those guys. So I think I I I'd be looking at I looking at the long drivers, and obviously also you want a kind of pretty dynamite short game, I suppose. If these if with all these runoff areas, scrambling, yeah. So you want a scrambler. I was looking at. Um, I know the course has changed significantly but there was a stat that in 99 when Payne Stewart beat Phil Mickelson the first four home that year were Stewart, Mickelson, BJ and Tiger and they ranked first, second, third and seventh in scrambling that week mm. and then um, something similar back in, in for Michael Campbell's year was it? I don't think it was it wasn't as as pronounced but it wasn't far off it I think it was the yeah. scrambling was still pretty prominent and then one of the guys on Betfair posted up that apparently the last 10 US Open winners, now I know it's, as we're saying, it's going to be a bit different, but um, the last 10 winners, their putting average, they've been 11th that week. Greens in regulation, they've been 10th. Scrambling, 15th. Driving distance, 15th. So it kind of that says really driving distance and kind of a good short game really are the two things that you're looking for. Mm, you're so then, so that, that, that's where I've gone anyway. Okay, well that sounds like a lot of logic. So driving distance and scrambling. That's what I'm looking at, yeah. Who's your Who's your number one selection, or are you spreading a few darts? I have two. I have two big selections. Okay, who are they? So my two big guys are. I, have, I haven't had a golf winner. Well, I haven't had a win. I've had a few place bets, but I haven't had a winner since Bubba and the Masters. So I'm going to show the keep the faith in him again. Now his price is very skinny, but his form is just excellent at the moment. And he's obviously hits it a mile, and he's pretty. He's tidy enough around the greens. Well, actually, that's one thing. Um, I read an article. They were going through all the. US, the people who've won the US Open in the last four or five years, and that they've, they, on average, I think all of them, bar Lucas Glover, who's a bit of an exception, all had, I think it was minimum four top tens that year. Did so, they? Okay. Yeah, so that's what that would back up Bubba. You know, yeah. I, I, I think to win a US Open, I think it's an all round test. I think you'd need to be in good form. I think that's probably backs up Bubba. Yeah. So I, I like, I, I, well, I like Bubba. I think he's, I think he's a good shout. Um, now, the only doubts I have is really, can he win two majors in a row? Mm. You know that's that's a, I suppose a big question, and his price is he's only eighteen to one in places, which is very very short for him. And as well, the U.S. Open would often be a mental test, and you wouldn't really put mental test in both together. Yeah, but I thought he's very good mentally at Augusta. Like Spieth was putting it up to him for a good while there, and he 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 was pretty flawless down the back nine in Augusta. But there's a bit of room for him there. No, I think oh, he's he is a headbanger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he's definitely as, as a couple of weeks ago, he's like he can hit it off the charts out of the golf course and and, and lose the rag with the caddy and stuff. Like he is a headbanger, but his caddy might quit before his patience runs out, or yeah. vice versa. But at the same time, what is it? Is he fourth in the world? Third, fourth in the world? I think mm. third. He's third in the world. It's tough to kind of realign our expectations on his price because he is, he is so good, has been so good this year, and he has won the Masters again. Yeah. Um, so but he, yeah. 18 to 1 is tough to kind of swallow from it the is, back yeah, end. It's short, and you need to kind of go big on him, but I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to. <laughs> and my other my other one is Dustin Johnson. I think that guy is ready. 
think he's ready to win a major. And he's and he's showing a little bit of form, but he's the kind of guy you can actually just turn up one week without any form and just dominate a golf course. He, now, he's definitely flaky. Yeah, <laughs> he, I was to say, you're picking very mentally he's, he's dodgy He's very guys, flaky. Yeah. He but, led the driving distance last week, so, I mean, he's got, that's that's one thing yeah. right there for him, what, ready to go. His US Open record is not bad either. He should have won at Pebble years when, yeah. when McDowell won. Yeah, he's he he six he over through the first three yeah, holes. He blew, yeah. blew up with the start, yeah. but and he should have won in Whistling Straits. Yes, Whistling Straits. Yeah, which is I think we were discussing is is what I'd be using as a good benchmark. And the British Open, he, the year Clark won, he had a very yeah. good chance of winning that. So he has he has a bit of form in these kind of courses. I think he'll win a British Open first. I think that's the event he'll win. I just have like that's my personal feeling. But and yeah I, I'm, I'm wondering is your next player Sergio Garcia the way you're going with mentally no, I actually thought about him <laughs> <laughs> no I'll let you lads have a crack Barry who, uh, who who's your I suppose your main selections the, um, I'm going to go with Henrik Stenson I think he's slowly sneaking into a bit of form he's kind of under the radar because a few of the others have been um, kind of grabbing the headlines a bit more this year like Adam Scott and Rory McIlroy so you haven't picked him in about two weeks either no exactly so there's something <laughs> serious I don't think he was playing last week <laughs> so um, no I just I think he's you know he had a bad round in Sweden um, a couple of weeks in the final round a couple of weeks ago and he had a good chance to win but you know that's just one round and he's been so he's been just knocking off top tens, top fives without doing anything spectacular. Mm. He, uh, he he certainly hits the ball a mile. He's made for a traditional British or US Open, I think. Like he's absolutely made for him because mm. he hits he hits that three wood so far and hits it so straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be interesting to see. I, I well, look, I, I'd love to see him win the a major. Um, so particularly this one this week with some money riding on him. I agree. I'd love to see him. He deserves one. Definitely yeah. deserves a major. Yeah. Um, so. Continuing with the Swedish team, I'm actually going to put a little bit of money on Jonas Blixt, mm. who is 80 to 1. So there's a nice little bit of value there. He's placed in the last two majors. Yes, yeah, he's got. Um, he just seems to have the mental fortitude for these big events, and he's got a razor sharp short game. Yeah, and he went very well in Wentworth as well a few weeks ago. So he's yeah, like, he he's did a bit of, until the last round. McIlroy was extremely complimentary of his short game as well. Was he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was really complimentary of us. I remember the commentator saying that they couldn't believe that he was actually up around the top of the leaderboard because the rest of his game was so bad, but his short game was just dynamite. He seems to have that kind of battling quality that you need in a a major, especially something like a US Open, which is a complete war of attrition. Absolutely. And it's just patience and fight and, you know... Just keeps scrabbling away for it. And, and did uh, he have a couple? Did he have a couple of places in the last two majors? Yeah, yeah, did he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, no, it's not, I think it's a nice little bet, and I think you'll certainly get a bit of value for your money whether he goes on to win it or gets a place or not. I think you'll have a you'll have a good time watching him. And my last one, I'm going to continue on the uh, V Dub train, Victor Dubuisson, and. Um, I think he's just going to continue on, and he's uh, obviously uh, superb playing out of bushes, as we saw in the match play. <laughs> um, there's no better man in the field. He hits it a mile, and he has a phenomenal short game as well, from what I've seen. Um, I don't think anyone can argue with that. And he is—he's sitting at eighty to one as well. So just nice, nice little kind of mid, mid he's, to long odds value. He's the third of my four bets too, as well. Is I he? Like him, yeah, I think, he, and he showed a bit of form a couple of weeks ago, which is yeah. It's always nice. Could have won, could have won. But um, yeah, so he'd be extra hungry now that he got so close and didn't win. Um, I actually have James's bets have come through uh, via the fiber thread we have going. So I um, may as well mention him as he can't be here. We'll just, so he is going for uh, Jimbo Furick, 
He was 45 to 1 with his octopus swing. Mm-hmm. Jimbo's a good battler, you know, so he could yep. definitely hang around there for Sunday. Breaks Bob's over 40s policy. Yeah. I Is that just for majors or for the, ma- for the masters? US. So I remember we asked one week that only he's only one um, major winner in US size now at the age of 40. It's Vijay Singh. Uh, correct, yeah, yeah, 2004. So, what's so it? yeah. Go on, mate. James, James is trying to break the trend of Bob's stat. Yeah. Um, I don't think Jimbo has four rounds in him. No, I agree. It's going to be hot there as well, hot and humid in yeah. Carolina, so... Even with his five-hour energy. <laughs> <laughs> and his, oct- his octopus swing. Yeah, for those that don't know, he's sponsored by five-hour energy. Uh, he has it on his hat, but... Uh, Are the pros taken by five and a half hours these days to play rounds, though? Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, it could be it. Um, so, James, a couple more. He's Jason Duffner. Um... Good ball striker. I was asking you, Alan, actually offline again. I thought I was fairly convinced you'd be picking Duffer this week. He, uh, yeah, he, he was fell off my shortlist at the end. He actually, he, my I have two other picks. And is that because he's playing with Adam Scott and he can't play because Adam Scott's good looks blind him or something like that? Be, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he rocked. No, his um, his putting really rocked me there when he yeah. went, when Scott beat him a couple of weeks ago. It was so bad. Missing one footers. Yeah. And now I know he's always put it like that's that's the way he is yeah. with the putter, but I just thought it was desperate. And he won his major on a Donald Ross course as well, I believe, didn't he? he last year was that a Donald Ross course as well? Um, yeah. or sorry, no, he no the one he lost to Keegan Bradley. Bradley. Sorry, was, that was yeah, a Donald Ross. Sorry, yeah. apologies. There are over four hundred in the states, so it's quite likely. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know if he's long enough. Yeah. That's the, and and the putting was the main thing. That's very suspicious. Yeah. yeah so I, he was close though. He was close. Cool. No, I was wondering about that, Jen. Yeah. So um, continuing on with James, as he has gone for Ryan Moore, who's kind of historically played quite well on Donald Ross courses. Mm. And uh, there's over four hundred of them in the states. There are, yeah. <laughs> so he, you could play your whole life just on Donald Ross golf courses, but. Um, yeah, Ryan Moore's a good battling golfer. I like, I like to see him play golf. And um, yeah, not for me. I, yeah, I just I, he just doesn't. He seems to you know pretend to try win or you know gets close and just seems to fall short. So you always hear about these golfers that um, don't want to win, that they don't want the limelight, they don't want all the hassle. You know, they yeah. they first get second place or seven hundred thousand dollars. Thanks very much. Or pick mm. up fifth every week. I I always suspect that Kucher was a bit like that. But I think he's really turned around. I wonder if someone like Ryan Moore would yeah. like that. I I, always, I was just about to say I feel he's like he's a slightly better version of a Charles Hell. Mm. But that kind of I, I agree. I, yeah. Doesn't win. He doesn't win enough for how good he is. That could fit in with his policy. Did he remember a few years ago he got rid of all the sponsors, club sponsors, clothes sponsors. He bought his own clothes, all these plain you know no logo clothes, and he off he went out in the course and he's wearing ties yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, he's a bit, a bit, a bit kooky, but you know, a bit of, he's got a bit have, of personality. I'd hate to have my money and riding on him with nine holes to go to get open. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I would be pressing the label. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably well, go on and win now. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll be sure to give James plenty of abuse if he does bomb, but um, James, I'm sure James will rub it in pretty pretty heavy if he does win. So, um, And finally, um, a super long shot. He is going with Alex Cheka at 500 to 1. Oh, interesting, yeah. So, um, he had, he, what was his record? Was he go kind of well in the US Open there not too, a few years ago? Or started out reasonably well and won the one or, you know, first, He was in the mix of one of the ones that Tiger was, the Tiger won, I think. But, it, yeah. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but he was certainly in the mix, yeah. And then he fell away, I think. Do you know, just seeing that bet there as, you know, the, the bet for the four rounds, Alex Cheka could be a good little shout for an each way on first round leader. You know, could come out of the blocks well, a good vibe in the US Open. 
and then you fade away. Yeah. Not, not for me. No, to be honest, I Stan James went twenty to one earlier on the week on McElroy, uh, first round leader, and so he has apparently about a twelve percent record for in first round mm. leader, and I don't know what time that is over. So twenty to one was pretty good, but it's been it's been knocked into fourteen. McElroy, yeah, I think he's a great first round record, especially he's, in majors. He's three from ten this year, I think, yeah, in the oh, first round first round leader. So yeah, so, so there you go. I think yeah, so that's. That twenty to one looked very generous. That's Constantly free money, people. Free money. Yeah, it's from gone Bob. now. Gone, it's yeah. gone now. For I didn't. I didn't even back it myself. Um, Who are you on, Bob? I backed Jordan Speed during the Masters for the U.S. Open. Um, I I hold this view really that I think the U.S. Open is the winner of the U.S. Open really is one of the best golfers of the year. And I went back through again. I mentioned that all six winners, bar Glover, had four top tens. The average world ranking of the last six winners is 27th. If you take, take out <coughs> excuse me, two of the outsiders, Glover and Campbell, who are 71st and 80th, the average world ranking of the winners is 16th, excluding those two guys. So I think it's a real top golfer who's in form. And I think Spieth really, he really uh, meets that. He has five top ten, five top fives this season, sorry, six top tens and 13 top 20s. Um, which is pretty unbelievable. So I backed him earlier on the Masters because I didn't think he had it. Had it. It was his first major being contention. I didn't think he was going to win the Masters. So have him at forty to one. He's now twenty five. So I'm happy with that. I think he'd be right in contention. He's kind of good at everything. Yeah, I like him. Mm. I think I, I think I think that's exactly the point. I think he can play any course. Seems mm. like I like that kind of guy. And like he's played loads of U.S. amateurs and stuff like that. And I think U.S. amateurs are always very similar tournaments to. Uh, US Opens. I think it's just the best golfer is going to come out. I think Speeds is definitely one of the best golfers this year. And he will. He'll definitely be a winner, a major winner of the future. He never seems to get phased by any situation, really. I mean, yeah. and you learned a, a bucket load at Augusta as well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my next selection, who um, I'm a big fan of this guy, and it kind of goes back to, again to the, some of the best players doing well in US Open. Martin Keimer. Uh, he's available at 40 to 1, and his last of five events. Uh, he's been 31st, 23rd, 18th, 1st, and 29th, and his first was at TPC. Um, he's 25th on tour in ball striking, which includes 8th in total driving. So I've really gone with him because I think, if, as you were mentioning, if it turns into a wet tournament, I think you're going to need to hit it long and straight. And I think a lot of people are talking that you're going to need um, strong drivers of the ball around here and good iron players who will put in from good angles. So Clymer at 40 to 1, and again, I think he's very close to being back to his best when when he was world number one. Um, the only concern is he's his scrambling and his putting this year hasn't been that great. But I think when he won in Sawgrass, he was 0.7 uh, strokes gained putting. So he putted very well that week. So I think when it comes to the big events, he, he will scramble. He will put well. Remember, obviously, famously holding that putt for um, Ryder Cup. And he's a guy you would definitely like to have your money on with yeah. nine holes to go. You'd be comfortable with him with yeah. nine holes to go. Yeah. And the, having a look at the course as well, based on some of the stuff you were saying as well, Barry, it, it's a very sand-based course, and it reminds me a lot of Whistling Straits where he won his US PGA. Mm-hmm. So a very similar course as well. So I, I'm, I'm kind of happy with him. I'm a bit worried about his scrambling and his putting, but that's the only question mark I have over him. Um, and then I've gone for one nice outsider who also breaks my own rule, but I was... Yeah, he may as well just burn money with you know. Yeah, but I couldn't believe how much this guy stacked up. Now he's hundred to one. Um, he finished eighth in the U.S. Masters. 
His last five events has gone 29th, 26th, 11th, 5th, but missed the cut of the weekend. There's his only question mark I have him. He finished 30th in the in the US Open in 2011, 10th in 2012 US Open, and 15th in 2013 US Open. And these are all his stats from the season. I'm going to see if you guys can identify who he is. So uh, he's 8th in the all-around stand, standings, 10th in greens and regulations this year, 7th in sand saves, 23rd in total driving, and 13th in strokes again. Do you know who he is? Not Jim Furyk, anyway. No. <laughs> it's not Ernie Els. No. John Senden. 100 to 1. John Senden. Yeah. Oh. I think all those stats. He's having a great season. And it's just the missing cut is just... This could be the kind of course that he'd love because it's really reminiscent of a lot of courses in Australia where Absolutely. they just have the, the fairy straight into the scrub. And yeah. it'll, it'll, it, it should kind of fit his eye quite nicely, that kind of aesthetics of the course. And he finished eighth in the Masters as well, as I mentioned. So he's he's comfortable in the big time and he's comfortable with firm, mm. tough golf courses and firm challenges. And I think he has the mental game for it. So... I'm kind of just probably hoping for a place on him, but um, I think he's very good value at 100 to 1, so I really I really like him. Um, if I hear in the next couple of days that there's been a lot of rain, I might have a bit of a big bet on McElroy, because I think if it turns into a very wet course, it's just going to play right into his uh, right into his hands, and obviously he's driving the ball so, ball so well. Um, so those are my selections, uh, those three, and possibly uh, McElroy. You have a couple left, Alan, do you? I, uh, I've a few more that I'm going to do. I won't go into a huge amount of detail. This sounds like my staking plan. Usually back the field and you will get a winner. No, I have DJ and Bubba. I always back probably five or five yeah. golfers yeah. in a major. So my other ones are going to be, I'm going to do Webb Simpson. I think he's 50 to 1. He mm. grew up playing Donald Ross courses and showed a bit of form last week. He was third. His form before that had been rubbish, but showed enough last week to keep me interested. Um, Jimmy Walker, 50 to 1. Hits it a mile. Yeah. Um, What's his form like? It's not bad. He's won three times this season. Well, it but those, that was not that was the first. That was three in the first four events. Jim, Jimmy's had a couple, Jimmy's had a couple of weeks off, just like swinging in a hammock, you know, taking a few pitch shots. But before that, he was uh, a missed cut into a sixth, then a thirty seventh, and a tenth place. So not tenth. terrible. So tenth out. Yeah. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. had he's had three three top tens in his last six outings. So he's you know he's doing alright. He, and he he meets that criteria I was saying of having multiple top tens. So he, and he would fit into the whole world ranking and everything. He, he nobody would um nobody would mind him winning. He'd no. be a popular U.S. Open winner. Yeah, I think he's got I think he's got jazz. He's decent value at fifties. I think. Um. So they're my main bets, and then I'm obviously doing Dubuisson as well. So they're my five guys. I'm also going to have a few special bets. I'm going to do the top twenties. I like Aaron Badley at nine to one for a top twenty. He okay. obviously led the U.S. Open back in '07. We led going into the final round and he triple bogeyed the first hole. So <laughs> oh, that's horrible. I think he, that's a decent price for him. And JB Holmes, I'm going to do top 20. Yeah. Mm. He obviously won the Wells Fargo there recently. So he hits it a mile. And he, I think he led, the, he led in scrambling the week of the Wells Fargo. He's 6 to 1 for a top 20. So I'm going to do those two as well on top of my five players mm-hmm. and, and we're, we're just going to wait for Friday morning when you say all oh, my bets are dead I'm reloading oh, and running. Yeah. And it's, then, it's like a theme with your gambling in the majors pretty much well, I have Bubba in the Masters yeah nine guys that tanked I think so, so, yeah no actually yeah. I, I have five bets in the Masters four of them missed the cut and my other guy was Bubba <laughs> yeah, right. I think we'd all take that exactly yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so um that's what I, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, so I'll probably reload Friday night and then declare for bankruptcy on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have coined the phrase as uh, I know Barry was slightly dramatic, but you did coin the phrase reload Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's quite um, regular. Yeah. <laughs> any last, any last or wide and wonderful selections from you, Barry? Nothing right now. What we might do is if we come up with any between the three of us or, you know, between now and a kickoff, we might just do tweet yeah, them. We can tweet them from our own personal accounts and then retweet them from the podcast GTS. So, yes. So that you know who is tweeting them, do you know what I mean? I'll retweet my Reload Friday bets. <laughs> That's good. And we will abuse you for aforementioned yeah. bets. <laughs> One of the outsiders uh, that I'm not betting on, but I think we're going to have our usual five every week and I'm first pick. So one of the outsiders I've gone for is Brendan Todd. Um, his last three events first, fifth, eighth in his last three events and he grew up 30 miles from Pinehurst now he said he actually does, hasn't played Pinehurst but he's played all the courses around the area and he knows how to play them and knows how to get the ball around so I am putting him in a couple of fantasy golf teams and I'm putting him forward as my presenter bet so for a fiver, Todd that's why I'm going with I think you're next down yeah? I will take J.B. Holmes then J.B. Holmes as you mentioned him Okay, I uh, it's hundred to one and out, isn't it? Yeah, give me down to hundred because I think Todd's one hundred twenty fives. Okay, he might be hundreds now. Actually, he's down to hundreds now. The market has been rocked by you. I am going to go the Irish angle. Uh, go a great scrambler, short game of a god, Shane Larry. Mm-hmm. For yeah, good stuff. I just worry about his driving, but I suppose he drove it very well and went through most of the time. Yeah, anyway. and if, 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 if it's dry, if it's dry and fast, he can just use that three wood, which he hits really well. Mm. We're all agreed on that. Who's James and going with? We got James as one, and he's going to go with Ryan Moore. He's, in, he's doubling up on Ryan Moore for uh, his from his pocket and in the presenter bet. Excellent, very good. Um, so we, we'll probably all have reload Saturdays for the presenter bets once they all miss the cut. Yes, that's a good point, actually, yeah. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Okay, well, I think that more or less wraps us up. Yeah. So, uh, and he, oh, what do you guys think about Phil Mickelson's chances? Good point, good point. Just, actually, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't skip the show. Uh, well, let's, let's run down the top five um, of the, the top five in the betting. Um, McElroy, 10 to 1. He went, he went down to 12 at one stage. Um, I have an 11 here. It's like a stock market. It's up and down all over the place. Actually, he's 12 to 1 yeah. with the Betfair Sportsbook, and they're paying top six. So you can get 12 to 1. What do you think of McElroy? I, I love him if it rains. Yeah, that's what I think too. I like him if it doesn't rain. Yeah. Um, I think he's got a huge chance. He's like, he, if, he, if, he can, if he can get this one round implosion out of his system, yeah. he's got a massive I, chance. I can't see him outside the top 10, whatever the conditions. He's, he's just playing so well at the moment. Oh, well, I think I think he'll either be there or thereabouts, or he'll be totally gone. I think he's all or nothing kind of guy. I think he's like, yeah, or unless he does a bit of a backdoor top 10, but I think he'll either first, first or second, or he'll be kind of gone for most of the tournament mm. maybe maybe come back back top 10 um, Scott Scott at 14 to 1 his US Open record is desperate but it's not I suppose it's not really a US Open kind of still like you isn't he he's thrown away so many tournaments this he's year he's number one he won that one pretty well though the one a couple of weeks ago um, I think I, 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 I wouldn't back him mm. but I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there and if it's wet again his long and straight driving yeah. And this is another kind of that he's Australian as well, so in that kind of thing mm. I said about John Sands and the course will kind of fit his eye a bit. Had that Royal Melbourne kind of look to it. Had that sand belt look about yes, it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, can, we can't discount Scott. He's you know he's playing. He's a phenomenal golfer. So I think he, I think he'd be poking his head up around the top couple of pages of the leaderboard. Mickelson Barry. 
I wrote down. Six, I think it's 16, yeah. 16. I think, look, Phil's, Phil's got, what, six second places in the US Open. He's got more mental scarring than anybody in this tournament. And I think we'd all just love to win him, even if it killed some of our bets, just to see him get that career slam. Depends if it's John Sendon up against Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, if it's going to cost you a couple of grand or whatever, <laughs> then, yeah, maybe not. But, um, look, I mean, we've kind of, and everybody's saying it's going to be a week that the short game is going to be quite crucial. Mm. And Phil notoriously has one of the best in the world so if it's on this week I mean he's certainly you'd think he could be featuring well, he, he, and he showed a bit of form last week but he said he putted appalling yeah he's, he's messing around he's changing putters he yeah. changed grip mid-round you know, like, yeah, funny you should mention he changed to a claw grip so look he's got a couple of days to figure it out what putter is going to feel right on those greens and then have about 12 different backups just in case I have no confidence at all about a bet Mickelson. I like no. going back to this thing about all the US Open winners are top of their form, loads of top four, top tens, top fives. Mickelson hasn't even had one top ten this year, mm. and he's just oh, I don't know. I think he's very his form is very very flat like, this year. Is it the exception to the rule though? No, I, I don't. Well, I don't believe so. I like Mickelson. Mickelson has a bit of history of missing six foot putts down the stretch of majors. And I know he's won obviously five of them, but he has had a few majors where he's missed a lot of putts coming down the stretch I wouldn't have much faith in him at the moment mm. of him standing over a 6 foot putt to win but at the same time you can, st- you can still see him in the mix mm. you know it, it, the course will suit him uh, we've already covered actually well, we've covered Bubba Watson uh, Spieth and Stenson as well and Stenson yeah so that actually pretty what much about Justin Rose for the defence he's been showing a little bit of form recently you know he's going to have good vibes going into the week I don't know again if he's playing that well. Yeah, year. I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough form out of him. Yeah, one last one, J- uh, Jason Day. Yeah, he says he's he said he's hundred percent feels a hundred percent fit, and so he, I think he's mentally in a very good place. Mm. Has he played enough golf though? Good point. I don't know. Per, yeah. Is he battle hardened enough at this stage? To he has been, no, he has been there in Pinehurst for nearly a week now. Just mm-hmm. playing and practicing, getting used to the place, and I think yeah, but he's played well, one tournament since he won the match play. That was a couple of weeks ago now, so it's not it's not disastrous. Like I think that I think the advantage he'll have now is having played it a good, you know, he'll he'll be well comfortable with Pinehurst itself mm-hmm. and the course, and having played it more than the others or a lot of the others coming into it. So he's proven time and time again that you know he just can jump up the leaderboard and, and be figuring, and he is as mentally tough as they come. He's stubborn. So um, I think he'd be a nice little bet, thirty-three to one. I prefer a little bit longer than a base. Sorry, it's two. He's played two tournaments. He's played the Masters as well. Yeah, he's played two tournaments since January. I'd I'd, I'd be looking for fifty to one. I think before yeah. I back him. Fifties would kind of get exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Well, I think are we all done then for this this week's episode? Yeah. Well, we, we only got one hundred and forty more players to cover. We yeah, might just yeah. you know leave it at that. Onwards and upwards, bring on Thursday. Can't yeah, wait. exactly. Yeah. Really looking forward to now. It should be great TV, and hopefully the, the there are thunderstorms forecasted for every day, but hopefully it won't be too bad. We won't get too many weather delays. Like the eighty fourth PGA Tour event in a row with you know mm, weather yeah, delays. It's, it's relentless, but it'd be devastating as well because it's it's one of those majors where you get your ten hours a day. Yeah, 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 exactly. I uh, let's end on an optimistic note and hope that there will be very, very few weather delays, if any at all. That's mm. the, the um, fingers crossed. Great. Okay. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Um, 
for everyone else that's listening, um, if you are having a bet yourself, maybe get in contact and let us know who you're betting on why. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you get a minute as well, we'd love if you could rate us on iTunes. Um, just any sort of positive rating would help us. Uh, Preferably five stars. We all love the five stars. Preferably five yes. stars. As Barry said, we would really appreciate it. It helps us spread the word. And that wraps us up for this week. So goodbye to everyone. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Good luck. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.